Come on, that's it, church. Let's just stay right there for a moment. Come on, let's just linger right there for a moment in the presence of God. Somebody lift up your hands and pray. Come on, somebody lift up your hands and pray. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. That's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Somebody linger right now in the presence of God. Come on, I want you to know God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. He's in this room right now. If you need victory, you can have it. He is victory. Hallelujah, Lord. He's never lost the battle. He's never failed. God is triumphant, and through him we have the victory. And in him we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Somebody pray right now. Come on, somebody pray for victory in your mind. Make victory in your finances, victory in your marriage, victory in your soul. Somebody pray right now, victory, victory in my home, victory in my city, victory. Somebody pray for victory right now in the name of Jesus. sister with sister, maybe husband with wife, just mother and father with kids and just begin to pray with them. There are people that are walking in this building with all sorts of things oppressing them and attacking them. But I believe there can be victory here today in Jesus' wonderful name. Victory in their mind, victory in their heart, victory right now in Jesus' name. Come on, that's it, let's pray. Somebody magnify him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence that we feel. Thank you for the power of God that's in this room. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What a wonderful atmosphere that's in this room here today. I thank God for what he's moving and his presence that's here Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. In Jesus' wonderful name, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. I believe this is a wonderful atmosphere to bring the word of God, amen. We want at this time to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. Everybody say God bless our Sunday school kids and God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen, and let's say, let's pray a special blessing on Brother and Sister Rodriguez for bringing all these kids to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, 
We're going to turn open to the book of Acts chapter 3. Amen. The book of Acts chapter number 3. In verse number 1. Amen. I believe the atmosphere has already been set for this here today. The Bible says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain lame man, a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Everybody say, codependence who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Everybody say independence. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat at alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed, I want you to notice this, held Peter and John, everybody shout and say, interdependence. Interdependence. He held Peter and John, not because he needed to. I think people think that he was holding on to him because he couldn't. No, the Bible already said he walked in leaping and praising God. But he held Peter and John. All the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's Greatly Wondering. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. Saved and stable. Amen. Saved and stable. Would you set down your Bibles and would you pray all across this building? Amen. I believe that God's already started doing a great work, and I believe that God's going to finish it. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We thank you today that we are able to come into this house. Amen. To feel your presence to the degree that we have felt your presence. And I'm praying that, God, we would be able to move through, amen, God, these different areas and avenues, God, as people. And the Lord, we would enter that place where we are saved and stable, God, where it's all together, Lord. I'm praying, God, for victory to continue moving through this house in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody shout amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Amen. Tell your neighbor, God bless you, and you may be seated. Amen. Saved and stable. This is probably one of the most famous passages of Scripture, at least in the apostolic movement. Uh, we like to take this story because this is really the first Aside from the Holy Ghost being poured out and, and, and the things that, that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost and the start of the church, this is really the beginning of the apostolic ministry and the apostolic, uh, the miraculous. Amen. This is now where what Jesus promised, greater works shall you do than that which I have done. And it is now that the apostles who have now been filled with the Holy Ghost, they've been baptized in Jesus' name, they are going about their daily lives and they are starting the process of preaching the gospel to every creature. And in that process, they are also, amen, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. 
Now this is something they have done before. Jesus empowered them while he was yet alive, even before the crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. He empowered them to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. But he told them that this was no longer just going to be a temporary thing. That you have freely received, so freely give. I'm going to empower, and Mark 16 tells us, these signs shall, everybody say shall, follow them that believe in my name. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. This was no longer just, amen, something they had for a limited time, but this was to those that believed in his name. And here, Peter and John are just going about their daily activities. The Bible says that Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. I want you to notice something. They were not going about their day looking to heal somebody. Amen. Not that they were closing their eyes, but they were not setting out in the morning saying, we're going to go be apostolic and do some great thing. No, they said, we're going to go pray. I want to tell you, there's nothing more apostolic than being a person of prayer. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. There is nothing more Christ-like, amen, there is nothing more apostle-like than being a person of prayer. I want to just tell somebody on the outset of this, the church did not start with preaching. The church did not start with praise. The church did not start with fasting. The church started in a prayer meeting. And the church is going to continue in a prayer meeting. So Peter and John said, we're going to go and we're going to pray. You know, miracles happen when people make it up in their mind. They're going to be people that pray. Hallelujah. You can, you'll be shocked about the things God will do if you will decide and determine, I am going to be somebody that prays. Let me help everybody here today. We cannot assume everybody else is praying. Amen. If we assume everybody else is praying, we'll say, don't worry, Brother Troy's got it on lockdown. I don't need to pray. Hey, I don't really need to pray because I know sister so-and-so is going to be praying. But when we, like Peter and John, realize, amen, if prayer is going to be done, amen, it's not something that can be outsourced. It's got to be done by me. And Peter grabbed his prayer partner and he said, John, amen, it's time. We got to go to church and we got to pray. And they get there and they end up coming in. No doubt this is something they did on a daily thing. Prayer is not something we do once in a while. It is a habit. It is something we do all the time. Amen. And it was there, the Bible says, there was a certain man that was lame from his mother's womb, carried and was laid at the gate of the temple every single day to beg for money. Amen. Now, we, we won't ascribe blame on this man or on life itself. Uh, because that's not the point of what I'm talking about here today. Because we can talk and we can debate about suffering and pain. And, and we'd have a whole time doing that. But, but suffice it to say, we acknowledge there were some things out of this man's control. We can acknowledge that there were things in his life that were not fair. Amen. But we, we've got to take a look at what his life became because of his condition. His whole life, he was now what we would call codependent. Now, again, I'm not ascribing blame. I'm going to use this as an analogy to help somebody here today. Codependency is the excessive reliance on someone or something else. I want to just talk to all mankind. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. There is something about us as people when we realize we are fallen that we start, if we're not careful, we start becoming dependent upon other things to make up the difference of what we are not. Amen. His whole life he had to be codependent, being carried everywhere and provided for by a system. It was outside of his control because of his condition, but he, nevertheless this was his existence, a life of codependency. To survive, he relied upon other people to carry him. To survive, he relied upon the system of begging to provide for him. I want to just tell us here today that we are living in a codependent world. 
Because man has fallen, because man has sinned, amen, it is much like this, amen, it started out outside of our control because we were born into sin, but we are living in a world where people are dependent and codependent upon pills and medication just to make it through the day. If they don't have, uh, amen, their medication, I'm not talking about something for just medical reasons. I'm talking about somebody, amen, that has been told, uh, amen, that they can't make it without uh, a certain anxiety medication. And they've been told you've got some chemical problems, and, amen, because we just think you're a clump of cells and nothing but chemicals that we can do a little chemistry and we can put you back together. Amen, I want to tell you that's, that's like pulling the fruit from the tree but never attacking the root of the tree. Uh, we've got to ask questions. Why are people amen, so anxious? Why are people so stressed out? Why are people so depressed? But no, in our generation, we say you're depressed, take a pill. Oh, you're anxious, take a pill. Oh, you're having a tough day, take a pill. Oh, you got a little a tiny ache, don't take an Advil, take a Hydro, take, take an Oxy. Amen. We go to another level, smoke this, inject that. Amen. We're living in a world that's told everybody you need something outside of you, amen, that is man-made in order to survive. Hallelujah. We are living in a world uh, that, this, that, that, that our society that cannot function uh, unless they have their phone on them. I know I preach about this a little bit on Wednesday, amen, but I feel it in my bones. They can't function without Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. They can't function without, well, what if somebody needs to get a hold of me? Amen. They used to have to leave a message. Hallelujah. If, I, if they don't respond right away, that means that they must not like me. They must have ghosted me. And, and so we go into a spiral. And this is the world that they become dependent upon a little piece of, 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 of a phone. And they become dependent upon an app. And they become dependent upon technology. And, and there's people that can't even turn the lights on in their house without saying, hey, Google. They become dependent upon technology. Amen. Uh, heaven forbid the Wi-Fi ever go out. You're never getting into your house. Your lights won't ever come on. Amen. There's people today that are dependent. Amen. They become codependent where there's, it's an excessive reliance upon other people. Hallelujah. There's people here today that, that they are, uh, we call it trauma bonding. Amen. They, they got together not based on, amen, this, this is what the world would say, two halves make a whole. And people get together and they get into a, 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 a marital relationship or they get into a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship and they say, you bring your half of, my, of your brokenness and I'll bring my half of my brokenness and we'll make a whole. Two halves don't make a whole. The Bible says the two holes shall become one. And now there's people that are in relationships, amen, because they were both broken and they thought maybe you are the answer to my brokenness and if you can fix my brokenness. And now they are codependent on another person that if I have somebody else in my life, I won't feel as lonely. But you just got to be around people long enough to know that just, being, just, just because you're around other people doesn't mean you won't feel lonely. If you don't fix the problem that's really going on, amen, if you think that somebody else is going to fix the problem, problem and you're codependent on them I can't survive without them there's people that without their relationships with other people amen this is why when one relationship doesn't work they're not content getting alone and fixing themselves and working on the deeper issues no they got to jump from one relationship to another they're not whole they're not complete they're not stable we're living in a world where amen people are dependent codependent upon the government Amen. There's some people that are codependent upon their, their, their parents, and they're 40 years old. It was good when you were an infant, but it's getting old because you're getting old. Praise God. Amen. But there's some people in the government system. Well, the, it's the government's job to take care of me. I'm just, I, I know I'm not trying to be political, but the government's got to take care of me. This system's got to take care of me. And, and uh, I, I come from a family like this. Now, if you need governmental assistance, I want you to know it is available to you. Thank God for the United States of America. 
But there are people, I come from a family like this, that have used and abused systems because they refuse to take personal responsibility. And they think it's the government's job to raise their children. And they think it's the government's job to pay their bills. And they think it's the government's job and everybody else that's paying taxes job, amen, to take care of everything else in their life. Uh, Amen. They become codependent upon other people. They put an excessive amount of reliance upon the system. And they think the system's going to work. And then they get get frustrated when the system doesn't work because the system was not designed to get you better. The system's been designed to hold you down. Can I preach from where I've lived? Amen. Food stamps and and government assistance, uh, if you make over a certain amount, they take it away. Amen. That does not tell somebody uh, you can come up from where you are. No, it says if you make a dollar more, we're taking it all away. And so you don't just have to take small steps. you got to take a giant leap to get out. Uh, And so my family said, you know what? Uh, We're just going to stay below the poverty line. We're just not going to make one more dime. Uh, Amen. But I just wonder what would have happened if they would have said, you know what? We're done being dependent upon the system. We just want to see what can be. Amen. I want to tell you there's more available to you than you live for and than you accept. Let me just tell everybody, systems were not built for freedom. This is why even in America it is by the people, for the people, we the people. Amen. The government is there to serve the people, but they've turned it around where the people serve the government. And that is, that is now, amen, exactly what systems have been created for. They are built for codependency because the only way we make money in the prison system is if we keep you in prison. So we're going to tack on a little more and tack on a little more. We're going to make your bail so high you can't ever get out. And after you get out, we're going to make comfortable. it's so comfortable in prison where you don't want to go, amen, into freedom and, and have to pay bills because bills are hard and responsibility is hard. Amen. So we're just going to give you just enough to survive. I'm preaching real good to somebody. Amen. This is the problem is that th- this is exactly what Egypt did. They didn't want the children of Israel to go free. They said, you know what, we're going to give you just enough leek and just enough garlic and just enough bread, uh, amen, to where we're going to hold on to you, uh, amen, and the moment you say, I'm going to get free, amen, all of a sudden the Pharaoh comes out with his horses and with his chariots uh, and says, I'm not going to let you go, amen. I want to just tell you, Egypt does not want you to be free. Systems don't want you to be free. They don't want you to be blessed. They don't want you to come up in life. Uh, Amen. The only way we make money is if you stay in the system. Hallelujah. I want to just tell you, if it's ever free, you're the product. If it's ever free, you're the product. Oh, the Internet's free. No, it's not. You're the product. That's why they advertise to you. You're the product. Uh, Amen. If it ever seems free, I want to tell you it's not free. That's why the first drug's always free. It ain't free. You're the product, and you're going to pay money into this system. Amen. Trying to get another hit, trying to get another high. The devil is the same. Amen. He'll make it seem uh, the pleasures of sin for a season. They seem free. They seem cheap, but you're the product. Amen. This is why some the systems don't want you to be free. But, you know, some people in your life don't want you to be free. They don't want you getting stable. I'm preaching to somebody here today. They don't want you to get stable. This is why the moment you make it up in your mind you're going to live for God, the same people that didn't care about you when you were getting drunk and high and you were struggling, all of a sudden they're going to say, you better be careful. My parents started becoming theologians. Well, you might be in a cult. Well, you didn't care about the cult of getting drunk on Saturday night. You didn't care about the fact that every, every weekend was a party. You didn't, you didn't care about the fact that I was getting ready to kill myself and put a knife to my You didn't care then, but now all of a sudden man, I've got a smile on my face. And Amen, because what it is, people love the version of you they have the most control over. And I'm just going to preach to somebody. You might call them mom, love them, honor them, respect them. But sometimes mom don't want you to get free. She doesn't want you to get stable because that means you'll stop coming around and asking for money. That means you'll stop coming around and needing her to bake you something. And she's afraid that if she ever lets you get stable and ever lets you get free from her, that she'll never come back. But that's a lie. That's not true. When you get stable, you get more than stable. You, You go beyond. You go to the next level. There's people, they, 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 they don't want you to grow. You know, don't be shocked when you start making changes in your life and the people that are closest to you fight you the hardest. 
that, that is how it works. That, that is, you have to defy the gravity around you. And you have to defy all of the people that, that it's like crabs in a bucket. They're just trying to pull you back down to their level. Sometimes when you start getting more convictions, there will be people come in your life and say, is that really necessary? Do you really need to do that? I'll tell you what they're really doing. They are feeling convicted by your convictions. And they think uh, if he goes up, then either I'm going to have to go up where he is or I'm going to have to pull him back down. And the path of least resistance uh, is to pull him back down where they need me to survive. Uh, Amen. There's people here today, God is trying to give you a warning. You don't need other people to survive. You need God to survive. You don't need the system to survive. You need God to survive. And the Bible says that he was there every day laid at the gate by other people. You know, those people laid him at the gate. They didn't do it for free. They were making money. We're going to take the effort to get you there so that you can collect enough coin. And when it's all said and done, we're going to get a percentage of that coin. Amen. There are people in the Bible that are friends, but I don't believe these people were his friends. I believe these people were interested in him helping pay bills. Hallelujah. That his brokenness would help pay bills. That his busted, amen, life was going to help them, amen, continue on. Amen. I heard one guy one time, uh, amen, a preacher was talking to him, and he said, uh, I'm going to pray for you to be healed. And the man stepped back. He said, no, preacher, don't, don't, don't pray for me. Because if I get healed, I lose my government assistance. Hallelujah. Amen. I don't want to get healed because, uh, and there's some people in your life that don't want you to get better, that don't want you to get saved, that don't want you to become stable. Because if you ever get stable, all of a sudden they're going to lose something from you. Amen. If you ever get your mind stable, you won't keep going to them for advice. If you ever get your life stable, you won't have to keep going to them, and they won't feel as needful and as important. Peter and John walked up, and they, they, they saw this man, and he was looking on everybody. I want you to notice what codependence will do to you. Everybody he saw, he just saw him as another coin. He couldn't see beyond the coin. He couldn't see beyond just another day. He couldn't see. There's people today, week to week, month to month, day by day, minute by minute. Amen. Their existence is only living here on the bare minimums. Amen. But I want to tell you, this year we're warring for more. Amen. We're getting beyond just, well, if I can just get to the temple, if I can just be saved, that's enough. I want to tell you, and I'm just going to make it week to week, week to week, Sunday to Sunday, Wednesday to Wednesday. Amen. As long as I'm saved, that's enough. But I want to preach to somebody, God's got more than saved for you. God's got stability for you. For you. God's got more than just saving your soul. He can make your mind stable. He can make your heart stable. He can make your life stable. He can make your marriage stable. He can make your finances stable. God's got more. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give him praise. Peter and John saw this man, and they saw him differently than everybody else. They'd gone by this man every day. Every time they went to pray, they saw him. And when he saw Peter and John, he thought, here's another coin. And he looked on them expecting to receive something. When you have been codependent for so long, everything you see, every opportunity that comes your way, you only see it through one lens. It's another dollar. It's another paycheck. It's another week. Amen. You only see it's another high. It's another relationship. And everybody you ever meet, that's the only avenue in which you see them. But thank God for Peter and John that were more healed, that were stable, that were able to come by. And when they looked at this man, they didn't see him as another beggar. They didn't see him as another problem. They didn't see him as another, amen, blight on society. No, no, that's not how they saw him. They saw the man as a soul. They saw the man as having potential. They saw the man as having purpose. And when they saw him, they said, you know what? You've been sitting here day after day, week after week, your entire life. Uh, you've been begging for change and begging for coins, uh, and you set the expectation for your life so low uh, that this is as high as it'll ever get. This is as happy as I'll ever be. This is as good as it gets. Uh, amen. And he had set such low expectations uh, that they looked at him and they said, we've seen you day after day take handout after handout after handout, and it's only met your minimum expectations, uh, but we've got something for you that's better than silver and gold. We've got something better than, than, than all of this other stuff. We didn't come to give you a handout. We came to give you a hand up. 
Can I preach to somebody uh, what people in our society need, uh, what people in our world need is not another handout. Uh, although be generous, although be good to people, but what they really need is a hand up. Uh, hey, you can make it. Uh, you're meant for more. God's got a greater purpose in your life. Uh, you've been living below your means. You've been living below what God has destined for your life. I'm preaching to some folks in this building that before you came to Jesus, you thought this is as good as it can get. But thanks be to God, every time you come to church, it gets higher and it gets better and it gets greater. I think we ought to give God some praise. Amen. They offered him a hand up and there was something that happened in this moment, in this hand up. Immediately, everybody say immediately. His feet and his ankle bones receive strength. That word strength means solidified. What literally happened to this man is as he was pulled up, hey man, he got stable. He got stability. Stability, which means stead steadiness, strength, stoutness, sturdiness, security, safety. He got balance for the first time in his life. Amen. In one miraculous moment, God fixed a lifetime of instability. God fixed a lifetime of dysfunction. In one moment, not only did he heal his bones, but the Bible says he strengthened. Amen. I want to preach to somebody. His bones got healed, but his muscles and tendons that had never developed strength, the Bible says they got strengthened to the degree he was able to stand up on his feet. Hey, I want to preach to somebody. Uh, if you laid in a bed for too long, you get atrophied. Uh, you can't just get up out of bed and start running around. Uh, this man his entire life uh, had not been able to get up on his own. Uh, but all of a sudden, God didn't just heal him and put his bones straight. Uh, the Bible says God strengthened the ankle bones. Uh, good. I want to preach to somebody. Uh, those ankles are the stability uh, for which you and I walk around and move around. Uh, and if you don't have stable ankles, you ain't going nowhere. And in one moment, God said, you don't even need physical therapy for this. I'm going to heal you in such a way that you know it was the Lord. It wasn't another system. It wasn't another thing. It was the Lord. Come on. I want to preach to somebody. God can heal you, but God can strengthen you as well. God can heal your body, but he can stabilize you as well. God can save your soul, but he can make your mind stable as well. It doesn't take forever. It takes a moment in the presence of God. Somebody ought to give God praise here today. Come on. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be saved. I want to be saved and stable. I don't want to be laid at the gate of the church every Sunday uh, and have the preacher have to pick me up and take me where I got to go. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to just come to church, uh, amen. And, and thank God I'm saved and thank God I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, but I want to be able to worship God, uh, amen, with liberty. Uh, I want to have the strength to praise God. I want to have the strength to come to church and go all the way. In. See, that's the challenge of being saved but not stable. Everybody carries you to the door, but you can't get in the door. Amen. It wasn't until this man got his ankle bones re restored that for the first time in his life, uh, amen, he was able to go into the temple. He was able to praise God. Amen. No doubt this man never thought it was going to be possible. Amen. Can I tell somebody that when God healed this man's ankle bones, when God healed and strengthened, amen, God fixed it as if it had never happened. I want to preach to everybody that says, well, Pastor, you don't know what it's been like, and you don't know what I've been through. I want to give you encouragement and good news, amen, that if you will let God stabilize you and save you and touch you, amen, that when it gets said and done, nobody will know what you've been through. And no. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. Amen. When God gets done with you, nobody will either. Because when you get strengthened and stabilized, nobody will know that you came from a broken at home. Nobody will know you came out of drugs. Nobody will know that you came from a drug. When God gets done with you, you'll be so strong, people will think you've always been strong. When you get... 
When you get saved and stable, people think life's always been good for you. You always had money. The dog never barked and the kids never cried. When God gets done with you, strengthening you, it'll be like, it'll be like it had never happened before. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, God wants to save you, but he wants to stabilize you. He wants to stabilize you. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a freedom that is so complete that by the time God gets finished, no one will suspect that you were ever broken to begin with. You know how many people think, I was just raised in church? I went out preaching and they would ask me these questions. So are you related to brother so-and-so? Oh, so was your grandfather bishop so-and-so? And I said, no. They said, so are you a PK? I said, yes, I am. I'm a pothead's kid. And I said, God is saves to the uttermost. And God will make it to where people think you've never struggled a day in your life. I want to tell you the strength that Jesus gives. It's so powerful. Amen. He, he will save your soul. He will put your heart back together. Amen. But, but let me tell you what else God will do. God will make you stable. Amen. Can I preach to somebody for a moment? God will make you mentally stable. I'm going to preach. The Bible says to the wild man of Gadara, no man could bind him, no, not with fetters. He was ever in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself. Amen. Thinking about suicide, thinking about death. He was thinking about all of the things that were going wrong in his life. Amen. But the Bible says when Jesus got done with him, he was seated. He was no longer naked, running around. The Bible says he was seated, he was clothed, and he was in his right mind. Can I preach to somebody? He was saved and he was stabilized. The Bible declares God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And can I preach to somebody a sound mind? Hey, let me just preach. I've been saved long enough to know I've met a lot of saved folks that are kooky. Just laugh and look straight ahead. I've met enough saved folks that are broke all the time. Well, praise God. I've, not, I've met enough saved folk that got busted marriages and crazy kids. Hallelujah. I've met enough saved folk, uh, amen, that they can, they, can, they can come and they can do, they can do the whirly bird. Amen. And, and, and high five, brother whirly. Praise God. They can, they can do all these other things. Uh, amen. But their house is a wreck. And their life is a wreck. And their mind is a wreck. Amen. And everything about them, amen, although they scream, I'm saved, everything about them screams something's wrong. It's all right. But I also know, amen, that God can stabilize the saved. I also know that God can take people like you and I, amen, that when we came to God, we were a mess and we were a wreck, amen. But God doesn't just save our soul. God starts putting every piece back together. God's not just interested in one part of your life getting whole. He wants to make the whole man whole. Can I preach? God wants to save your soul, but he wants to stabilize your marriage. God wants to save your soul, but he wants to stabilize the way you think. God wants to save your soul, but he wants to heal the trauma from your childhood. God wants to save your soul, but he wants to heal. He wants to heal the way you handle finances. He wants to heal the way you handle relationships. He wants to heal the way you talk to other people. He wants to, he wants to stabilize the whole man, mind, body, soul, and spirit. He wants to heal it all. And God doesn't just, well, all right, bro, we're going we're gonna to get you saved, and then we're going to have to carry you around. You know, there's some folks that like to be carried to church. Is this all right here today? I've been preaching 33 minutes. And I'm going to talk to somebody. They love for people to carry them. Amen. Listen, if you are brand new, we will carry you. If you've been around a thousand years, we'll still carry you because we love you. But, but it, is, it, is, it is understandable for the new person to be carried. But can I preach to the safe folk for a minute? You need to get stable. It's understandable for the new person to need counseling about their trauma, but I've been, well, I've been saved 75 years, and I still struggle with what happened to me when I was 10. Brother, you need to get saved and stable. 
You've lived longer outside the trauma than you did in the trauma. And God is the God that heals to the uttermost and saves to the uttermost. I'm not discounting your brokenness, but I'm telling you, there's stability beyond your brokenness. There. Well, when I was growing up, we were just poor all the time. Well, that was your parents' decision. You had no choice in the matter. But you can get up in the morning and go get a job, and you can make a living, and you can get a savings. And Can I preach a cuss word for a moment? You can get a budget. You know, I know safe folk that believe in blessings, but they don't believe in budget. Hey, God will bless me. God will bless me. God will bless me. He'll also bless your budget. Huh? Amen. There's some folks that believe God will heal them. He'll also believe you taking care of your health. Huh? Saved and stable. Saved and stable. Saved and stable. Strengthen in the areas where you're weak. Strengthen in the areas where you are broken. Strengthen the areas where you couldn't do it before without somebody else. And the, let me just preach it. Amen. He got saved and he got stable. And he went from codependence. Everybody say independence. Independence. Amen. Independence. The Bible says he went to the temple by him. He went into the temple. Amen. He did it on his own strength for the first time in his life, leaping and praising God. Thank God for the times that God delivered you to the place where you could leap and praise God by yourself. Nobody had to carry you to church. You drove yourself to church. Amen. I remember what it is. First getting saved, I had to call. Amen. When, when I didn't have a ride, I went through the church directory. We used to have one of those. And uh, I went through the church directory and said, hey, uh, can you give me a ride? They said, who is this? And finally, I got to the letter K, and I said, hey, can you pick me up? And they said, where do you live? I said, about an hour away. That's why we got all the way to K. And they finally said, all right, we'll come get you. I know what it is, amen, to have to ask for people to give me rides to church. I also know what it is, amen, when nobody was around, when we lived a little closer to the church, to get my suit on uh, that was all scraggly because I didn't own a very good suit, uh, amen, and, and my shirt was all stained, although I tried to keep it clean. Uh, and I know what it was to get up uh, and start walking to church. But I also know what it is for God to bless me with a vehicle. And when I got the vehicle, amen, and I got some independence, I didn't look at Jesus in the church and say, now I'm free. I'm free on Sundays. I want to go to the lake. I'm free on, on Wednesdays. I got better things to do. No, the moment I got independence, amen, I made it up in my mind, I'm still going to live for Jesus. I'm going to worship and praise God. I remember being dependent on other people to get me to the building, and it was great. But I also remember what it was when God empowered me to drive myself to church, to drive myself to the building. And I know what it is with no family around me to lift my hands and to dance around and to shout and praise God on my own strength. He is now jumping and leaping and praising God by himself. Now that he's healed, he's become independent, which means he is free from outside control. Thank God for people that have gotten independent outside of control. Amen. Amen. No longer depending on external sources for his well-being. It means he's now self-governing. He can now rely on himself. Thank God. That's a great place to move where you no longer need drugs to make it through the day. That's awesome. Praise God for that. Amen. It's good to no longer need something external to keep going. Amen. You know, there's some people that are codependent on somebody else encouraging them. If I don't get encouragement, I'm just going to wither up and die. I'm just not going to make it. Amen. But there's something about getting to the point of stability where whether somebody says good job or somebody gives you a pat on the back, you know what? I'm going to make it because I, I don't need their help to do this because God has empowered me and God has strengthened me. But there is a tension of independence. Amen. The tension of independence is that we start relying on our own strength alone. Now we went from codependence, which is relying on everybody else, to independence, it's all by me, for me, because of me. That's a danger. The tension of independence is that we get so strong we forget how broken we were. The tension of independence is that we rely 100% on ourselves and we forget that we still need 
God and we still need one another. Amen. Many people never move beyond this point. Amen. They get out of codependence. That's what I call saved. And they move into independence. That's what I call saved and stable. But they never get beyond this point. This is what God did when he sent manna into the wilderness. He delivered them out of being codependent on Egypt. He provided them manna in the wilderness. He gave them back their freedom and their independence. But the Bible says this was to test them. What do you do now that you got your independence? What do you do now that you got your freedom? Now that you no longer need anybody else, would you still go after God? Are you still going to be a worshiper? Are you still going now that you got a better job? Are you still going to be a giver? Now that you got a car, are you still going to come to church? Now that you got your marriage fixed and you no longer need the help of other people helping you out or counseling, are you going to bring your marriage to the altar week in and week out. Amen. God wanted to know what would you do with your independence. And unfortunately, some of them said, we're going to build golden calves. We're going to do other things that don't praise God and don't worship God. But there were some folks in the crowd that said, God delivered us from the hand of the enemy and God gave us our freedom and we're not doing this without God. We'd never be here without God and we'll never get to the promised land without God either. The danger of independence is we forget our dependence on God. The danger is when we stay in independence. But this man moved to the next level. And I'm done preaching right here. He moved to interdependence. Interdependence is a mutual dependence. A working relationship a symbiotic relationship where I am not overly needing you and relying on you nor am I letting you overly need me and rely on me but no we're working this thing out together he moved into the final level of interdependence amen he remembered and recognized amen what he was when he was broken and that he needed people to carry him into the church and he also knows he got a little ahead of Peter and John and started dancing and praising God but as he came up to the temple door even he realized uh oh I got my freedom I got my independence but I don't want to stay in this level and the Bible says he went back and he grabbed Peter and John by the arms and said hey gentlemen I don't need you to keep me up I don't need you to carry me to church I become independent but I am interdependent as well I want you to know I don't need you but I want you I don't need you for stability but I don't want to lose you in my life because I remember what it was that brought me stability in the first don't get so independent you forget what you were but when God found you don't get so independent you forget that you needed a preacher to preach to you you needed a church to love you you needed people to pray for you you needed to worship one with another you needed to come to the house of the Lord he said, Peter and John, I don't need you for stability, but I need you for fellowship. I don't, I don't need you for stability, but I need you to worship God together in the beauty of holiness. This is what, what David said. He said, oh, let us magnify the Lord together. He said, let's exalt his name together. There's something about going to church together with other whole people. Somebody ought to clap your hands. Let's stand across the building. Listen, we as the church is a church for everybody. If you are broken, we will carry you into this church. We love you. And if you're doing it all by yourself, we love you too. But you know the best thing, best way to have church? is when we do it together. When we come together. This man remembered and recognized the necessity of the things that brought stability into his life. Listen, I, I, have, I have preached probably a thousand sermons. But I still need my pastor. 
Do I call him every week and say, Pastor, I'm about to have a mental breakdown? No, it's every other week. No. Just kidding. No, Pastor, I need you to counsel me because I'm struggling in this area. No, I don't really call him for that. Because I, I got stable from Jesus. I got to walk with God for myself. But I still need him in my life. You understand the difference? Right? It's not, it's not if, I, if I don't have you that I'm going to cease to exist. No, I'm going to keep preaching what you told me to preach. I'm going to keep living. Amen. Heaven forbid the day he passes away. Amen. I'm going to keep preaching what he taught me. Why? I'm not, in, I'm not just independent where I don't need. You know those guys that all of a sudden they become a minister and then all of a sudden they don't need a pastor anymore? There's a few of them out there. Don't listen to nobody that don't have a pastor. Amen. Especially if they're a preacher. Oh, you, need, you know, you need a pastor. Well, what about you? Uh, good for thee, not for me. You got to have somebody to be submitted to. You know, well, praise God. We'll get off that onto another thing. But he recognized, I, I don't need you for stability, but I want you and I need you in my life for other things. It was, he was confident on his own, but he understood that all the other parts are necessary to remaining stable. You know how many people I've met through the years that they go from codependence where they need, they need assistance and all this stuff. They get in, God blesses them, God takes care of them, and then, you, then all of a sudden they peace out. They got their stability. But you just watch their life a little while. And piece by piece, they start losing their stability. Their marriage starts losing stability again. And this is why God often keeps people at a certain level. He knows if you made, made $10,000 more a year, I would lose you. You're not ready for in, interdependence. You want to stay at independence, and you are just, I got I to gotta keep a leash on you because if you get too far out there, you'll be gone and I'll never see you again. This is why some people stay sick. I'm not saying it's always the reason, but sometimes because he knows you won't serve him when you're healthy. This is why he keeps some people in the struggle because he knows you won't serve me unless you're in the struggle. But if you can get to the place where it's like, okay, God, I don't need a trial to serve you. I don't, I, I don't need a trial to serve you. And you know what, God, if you bless me, I didn't need the blessing, but I need you. Amen. The tension of, co of codependence is that you're relying on everything else and everybody else externally for your existence. The tension of independence is that we rely solely upon ourselves. But there is more. When we move to interdependence, it brings a stability where we realize, amen, although, amen, God has strengthened me, I still need the church. I still need a pastor. I still need praise. I still need to worship God. I still need to come to church. It's not about becoming stable. I am stable. It's about maintaining what God has done in my life. When we get saved and stable, we are so secure and humble that we never let the good things of God go. Even though he was stable, he held on to Peter and John. Amen. He was, he was going to worship and praise God with them. And I'm done with this. Just because I'm stable now doesn't mean I don't need a preacher. Just because I'm stable now doesn't mean I don't need the church. Just because I've got more money in the bank, amen, than I have had before doesn't mean I can give up on giving. Just because I've got more things going right in my life doesn't mean I don't need fellowship with my brother and sister. Just because I've got a full schedule doesn't mean I can skip church. Why? Because I'm saved and stable. And I want to stay that way. Somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, there's some folks here today. God wants to take you from one level to the next. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, God, Pastor, I, I just, I am, I am so broken and so busted. i got to rely on everything else to get me where I'm going. Amen. I want to tell you, God's got stability for you. God will save you and he'll stabilize you. But for the person, amen, that you got independent and now all of a sudden you think you have grown to a place where you no longer have need of other things, I want to encourage you that if you'll get past that pride and say, you know what, God, I'm going to hold on to the things that held on to me. I'm going to hold on to the things that are stabilized me. I'm going to hold on to the things that blessed me and healed me. I want to tell you God's got more blessings for you. God's got more favor for you. God's got another level for you. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? Today's an opportunity to say, God, I want to go to another level. 
Come on, maybe you're tired of being broke all the time. Why don't you come down to the altar and make a commitment? Okay, God, here's how this is going to work. If you'll bless me, I'll be faithful. In fact, before you bless me, I'm going to learn to be faithful where I am. God, if you'll take care of these things and stabilize me in these areas. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor, my mind is a little unstable at times. I want to tell you, God can not only save your soul, but God can stabilize your mind as well. Maybe you're saying, well, Pastor, amen, we've got all these other things in a row, but we're suffering in this area. I want to tell you, God can heal the whole man. Come on, let's pray as they begin to sing. Somebody pray. I want to be saved, but I also want to be stable. I want to be saved, but I also want to be stable. I want to be saved, but I also want to be stable in Jesus. I want to be saved, and I want to stay stable. I want to say, I want to stay saved. I want to stay in the presence of God. I want to stay in fellowship with my brother. I want to stay in the church. I know I've become blessed. I know things have been good in my life. I know God has helped me, but God, I also want to stay. Come on, let's see somebody pray. If you're in a place where you need to be carried, start praying, God, heal me. Fix this. God, give me wisdom to where I no longer need to be carried, but I can walk in myself. And then, God, help me to remember I still need you. Come on, come on. There's some folks. God, save me. Stabilize my mind. Stabilize my heart. Stabilize my relationships. Stabilize my finances. Stabilize my marriage. Stabilize my kids. Stabilize my career. God, help me. Help me to deal with these other areas too. Come on, let's see somebody pray.
on keep praying keep praying keep praying there are people today you have been baptized in Jesus name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost thank God for that but you know there's areas of your life that have not solidified you can look and say I'm doing great in all of these areas but my marriage is a mess my kids are a wreck my finances are all crazy today we need to pray God save me but Lord please stabilize me as well amen everyone in this room you've got something I, I'm preaching and stuff starts coming to my mind because I'm not I, I'm just like you we're human and I start thinking okay there's some areas God started working on and the Bible says immediately it does not have to take, although it might, it does not have to take six months. It could be God giving you an answer in this altar call right now. I'm, I want us to take this very seriously. Where God will give you directions right now on how to solidify and stabilize some of those things. And then you leave this building and you go and do it. Would you lift up your hands? They're going to sing again. But I want us to pray. Come on, somebody pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, if you need salvation, you need to pray, God, save me. If you're sinking, you need to pray, God, save me. But, but right now, my emotions are crazy, God, and you and I know it. And I fly off the handle, and whatever it is, God, stabilize those areas. God, we're good in all these areas, but our, our finances are a wreck, and we don't know what to do. Stabilize them. How we save me, how we raise Come on. Our relationship's good, but I don't know how to handle the kids. Stabilize. How he healed me to the uttermost when I think about the Lord. I'm doing good, but my anxiety is creeping up. Stabilize my brain. Come on. I come against anxiety. I come against depression that's making you mentally unstable. I pray against it in Jesus' name. Turn me around, how he placed my feet. 